Hello and welcome to the latest Agilisys podcast. I'm Austin Clark and I'm your host for today's discussion. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how North Lanarkshire Council has embraced helping hands, the vulnerable persons contact management solution developed by Agilisys in response to the COVID-19 crisis. Helping Hands, which is built on Microsoft's Dynamics 365, enables authorities to track both outreach to the vulnerable persons list that the NHS has produced and the specific needs of any citizens within its area, and is being adopted by councils up and down the country. Joining me via remote link to discuss why North Lanarkshire chose to use Helping Hands and how the solution is enabling the council to deliver essential services to vulnerable people are Susan Cloak, business manager, and a colleague, Linda Johnston, who is the authority's business strategy manager. We are also joined by James Stevenson, Agilisys's managing consultant and head of business development for Scotland. Welcome all. Hi. Hi. So to kick things off today, first question uh, for, for you, Susan, is uh, why did North Lanarkshire decide to use Helping Hands? Uh, the reason we, I suppose we chose, we had an existing relationship with Agilisys um, through our system integrator. And... Because of that relationship, I think uh, we had a process in place which allowed us to start to have a discussion around how Agilisys could help us um, solve the, 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 the issue or help us design a product which could help us deal with the clients who were coming through on the shielding list. Um, we wanted to be proactive. We wanted to be seen to actually phone and contact people and offer them help as part of an ongoing technical solution. Um, and Linda already had that relationship because she'd been working very closely with Cheryl as part of the other Agilisys team who are part of our system integrator. Excellent. And, and kind of what features really stood out uh, within the, the Helping Hands solution? I suppose for me it was the ease of the use of the product itself, particularly around um, the use by frontline staff. When, I, when we saw the demonstration of it, what struck me was that it was... Um, it was intuitive. It wasn't something that we would have to spend a lot of time actually training people to use and, and the product could look very like something that they were currently using in a paper forum. And I suppose for me also, it had the ability to manage the large amounts of data that we were starting to get through from people phoning in, um, either, either requesting help or when we phoned out to actually ask people what support they required. And I suppose also from some of the discussions, it was about the potential the speed of it, the, the potential stand-up looked as though it, a product could be available for us in a very short time, which would help us in this kind of moment of crisis. But Linda, is there anything you would like to add uh, to that question? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, building on what Susan said, this was an opportunity for us to deliver fast and efficient services to those most vulnerable in our communities. And that was really important for us, um, being part of the command group for the local authority and working with our NHS colleagues and our voluntary sector colleagues, it was really important that we had a, a system that, that could cover all the needs of all the different organisations and Helping Hands really did help us to deliver that. Is that one of the key benefits in that, that it did bring together the kind of health, social care, council services, uh, third sector organisations, volunteers, and the, the list goes on, I guess? Yes, it does. Um, and, I, and I suppose for us, it was also about being able to get information out of the system and into the various arenas that was required, particularly around 
the changing um, requirements for Scottish Government, which, um, as we all know, uh, changed on a day-by-day -day basis and indeed is still changing on a day-by-day -day basis, depending on the announcements from the First Minister. So again, the Helping Hand system allowed us to make those changes quite quickly and get the information that was required back to the relevant parties, whether that be for the, the food boxes or whether it be for pharmacy referrals or whatever the, the request was to support our communities. Excellent. You've touched on some kind of examples there of how Helping Hands helped you, but kind of are there any other uh, ways that it, it really stood out and, and helped you kind of look after people most in need? Yes, I, I mean, from our point of view, I think it's really important that we were asked for a vast array of support from our most vulnerable people, in particularly Susan's mentioned the shielding list, which are those who were isolating for that initial 12-week period, and then it was extended until the end of July. So it, the, the support has ranged from um, food parcels, which have been delivered in conjunction with um, Ness and Scottish Government, um, right through to dog walking services, financial inclusion support, um, and as I mentioned, pharmacy, um, and, and really just anything that somebody who is, is in the home for the extended period of time, just we take for granted that they just couldn't do. So uh, yeah, Helping Hands really helped us to dissect that information and send it to the right organisation to get the right support. How many people did... Did you help with uh, with Helping Hands? Uh, through through Helping Hands, we've done phone calls to just over twelve thousand four hundred individual people who were on the shielding list. Not all of them required support all the time, but we have delivered five thousand eight hundred and forty-two food packages. That's in conjunction with Ness, but some of that is also through our own teams um, delivering. Uh, food where someone wasn't eligible for an S parcel but still had issues getting uh, delivery or uh, issues with financial inclusion. We've done referrals to about over a thousand referrals to our financial inclusion team. Um, we've done almost a thousand pharmacy prescriptions collected and delivered, and that was done by our third sector interface, um, who's Voluntary Action North Lanarkshire. So that was individual people going and picking up prescriptions and then delivering them um, to people's home addresses. And as Linda said earlier, we've also offered befriending services and even down to things, as we suggested, like getting your dog walked. Excellent. Yeah, the, the, kind of the, the breadth of, of service delivery there is, is really incredible. So bringing James in, in for this bit, uh, kind of how has Helping Hands evolved uh, over the, the past few months as the, the kind of COVID-19 crisis has evolved? Uh, it's evolved uh, incredibly rapidly um, as changes to the uh, public sector response to COVID-19 has taken place. Um, uh, we were approached in the first stages by uh, another council in England as well to, for a very similar set of reasons. Uh, when the shielding list was issued, it was pretty straightforward. It was a kind of keep it simple, stupid approach that everybody took. And we produced slightly more than a minimum viable product in terms of the response and catering that could take. That has now evolved both in England and in Scotland into a fourth iteration um, of the solution, which now deals with both inbound and outbound calls. It deals with changing status. Uh, of individuals, it deals with 
um, uh, tracking and supporting individuals who require additional help and support as well, who may be getting that from a member of the family, third party, and we're also now doing that so as that the councils can track things on a more structured basis with the way that they operate, i.e. by council, ward and local district. So it's and it's not finished. Uh, we are continuing to work. There's a gazetteer getting developed. We're hoping to have a solution whereby third parties, i.e. the third sector quite often as well, who are doing a lot of this work, can actually feed into the system via a web portal and support the councils in actually delivering. Because one thing we don't know at the moment is how long the situation is going to last. Interesting. How much of the, the development and, and kind of the, the multiple kind of iteration and kind of process uh, come down to individual council relationships with Agilisys? Uh, how much collaboration uh, has there been? Yeah, there, there's been an incredible uh, collaboration on this and, and let it be known here now, we could not have done this without North Lanarkshire Council's support and them acting as a development partner. Uh, in particular, Susan Cloak, who's uh, at the other end of this podcast, uh, has done a, an amazing amount of work and working with us to get it right, not just for the council, uh, uh, the citizens that are in North Lanarkshire, but also the citizens that we know are involved with the seven or eight other councils that we're dealing with as well. Um, a user group has been set up that's being coordinated by the Digital Scotland office. Um, uh, and we've come together very much as a community to deal with the issues that are in front of us. It's been taken very much as a collaborative project uh, between uh, council and supplier. Yes, Susan, obviously you've been heavily involved in the process throughout. And has it helped that there are multiple authorities across Scotland involved in this, along with the Scottish Digital Office? Yeah, I mean, I think it has. I think it's an unusual situation for us. And we were reflecting on this last week at a Digital Scotland meeting. I think it's the first time that we have had the 10 councils sit round a table and actually collectively agree on a particular process without letting any of the normal kind of local authority boundaries and um, issues interfere with it. It has been truly a collaborative process. Um, there's been, you know, honest discussion. Um, we've managed to come up and we did manage to come up with a version of a revised questionnaire which would fit for all of our services across Scotland. Um, so, it, you know, for me, because I've been in local authority for, for a long time, it's truly been... Um, quite inspiring actually to sit and see all of these individual authorities actually want to work together in that way. Do you think that will kind of have a lasting legacy as we, we emerge from COVID-19 and kind of head into the, the new normal? Yeah I think it will do, I hope it does, I mean I hope it does because truly I think what we've realised is that in a lot of instances we've got more to gain, much much more to gain from working together than we ever did when we were working separately and actually you know, there's a, there's a, Scotland's a relatively small place, so there's a total workforce there that means that we can make the best um, of all of our abilities and skills. And it's probably leading out into other developments just now as well around, you know, the wider remit for Digital Scotland, um, around data, around the development of portals for Scottish uh, information. Um, so certainly I've seen it start to grow much bigger than, than just the Helping Hand system. Interesting. And you, you mentioned data there. And has Helping Hands kind of been tailored for the, the Scottish marketplace uh, to, to kind of meet the data requirements? Yes, absolutely. Um, the, where we started from was um, we, we, did, we had originally designed a paper-based questionnaire, which we were using because 
as a council, we had decided that we would proactively call people. I know that in a lot of instances, some other local authorities were almost waiting to be called. So there was a helpline number which you could call if you needed help. But we took the decision early on that we were actually going to proactively contact. So on the basis of that, we had designed um, a paper-based forum that we wanted to that we used for that purpose. And when we started the discussions with Agilisys, then obviously, you know, there was a system that had was being stood up in England as well. But to be fair to them, very quickly they realized that we needed a particular Scottish-based solution that would be based on that questionnaire. So that, that was kind of the evolution of the process was from that paper-based questionnaire, which all the chief executives in Scotland agreed would be the template for the Scottish questionnaire. Um, now that has evolved, as James said, through a number of iterations, but again, I suppose it, what it has shown is that collaboratively we could all sit down and design that questionnaire for all of Scotland's requirements. Interesting. Do you think that there's a, an element here that kind of because of COVID-19, we've shown that transformation can happen and quickly uh, and, and kind of again will that continue beyond uh, the the crisis yes i think it probably will i mean if we were looking at in relation to helping hands i was reflecting that the first show and tell we had of a possible system was on the 30th of march and we went live with the helping hand system on the 27th of april so that's what four weeks four or five weeks that would not normally have happened if apart from the fact that there was the COVID situation. But what I'm, what I'm hopeful of is that people, maybe some of the artificial barriers that we've created in the past, that we can actually work quickly, efficiently and effectively, and we can get it done when we need to get it done. And I think that is a, a big lesson that we've learned through all of this process. We can be reactive. We know we can change, even, even beyond helping hands, you know, even in the situations where we're now, a lot of us are now home-based, so we can still deliver the services that we require to deliver. Yeah, Linda, from your perspective, has that made a real difference to the way you work? Absolutely. So before we went into the COVID situation, we had a two to three year plan for standing up a Dynamics platform with Agilisys as our system integrator partner and the rollout of the digital workplace using Microsoft Teams, et cetera. And Susan will be testament to this as well, that the, the, the very week that we went into lockdown, the first thing that Business Solutions as a section did was to roll out our Teams deployment to uh, our own staff to get them to work from home. But over that piece, we then very quickly had to transfer some of our infrastructure arrangements to allow um, a significant amount of people, including teachers, uh, to work from home, to start working on digital classroom, etc. So the technology that we were in the process of deploying through Agilisys, we are probably two years further on over the last 16 weeks than, than we would have been um, if, if COVID hadn't came along. So th there have been um, significant amounts of investment from the, the council itself and a, a huge amount of flexibility from Agilisys to make our own systems within the council work over and above the helping hand system. Does it help that we're, we're kind of using this Microsoft architecture so everything should, in, in theory, integrate better together? There's no doubt about it. I mean, even uh, yesterday, I got the first demonstration of what our new business intelligence hub will look like. 
um, and that was a project that was on the table as part of our transformation programme. And we're now in discussions with the Improvement Service and Digital Scotland about taking our project and, and looking at that from a national perspective around the data that Susan mentioned. Because over the last few years, you, you could possibly say that the use of data in uh, local authorities wasn't necessarily as strong as it had been previously. Whereas now there's a complete turnaround and a, and a realisation that the, the data is so important for us and we can't lose sight of the data that we've collected as part of the Helping Hands programme. And, and we need to forward plan for where we're taking that and build that into some of our forecasting models and so on. So the opportunities from where we are just now and, and the use of all the products that we've used to date um, are endless. Does that benefit extend to the, the delivery of, of health and social care as well as council services? Yes, it does. We have a very strong community planning partnership in North Lanarkshire. And we recognise that there are three key themes that we need to focus on. And one of those in particular is around mental health and the impact of COVID-19 um, uh, on some of our uh, residents and, and staff, you know, uh, across all of our organisations. And there was a discussion at the Community Planning Partnership meeting last week around the six key things that we need to focus on as collective organisations, and that includes Fire and Rescue, uh, Scottish Enterprise, NHS, Lanarkshire, uh, Police uh, Scotland, and so on, around where we can best add value um, to some of uh, the people who are really uh, in difficulty, not just because of COVID-19, but just because of their lifestyles and, and, and the kind of makeup that we have within the North Lanarkshire area. So there's a significant amount of work that we want to do joined up with our partners to, uh, to take a lot of this forward. Sounds very exciting. So coming back to, to Helping Hands, how will the solution work and, and how will it help as we, we move into the next phase of, of recovery and, and beyond? I suppose one of the things for me is that we've moved out of, or we are, looks likely that we're moving out of the kind of emergency phase in terms of our shielding categories, but the system still supports us to look at the, the follow-up process, which is our test and protect um, process, which is uh, which will deal with those who, you know, when we have uh, outbreaks in particular areas or those that are being to told to self-isolate. So for me, one of the things is that this 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 solution potentially because we don't know how long COVID will last, will allow us to adapt to those changing situations. We don't know, for instance, that by the time we get to autumn, it might well be that, you know, we are going into a situation again where COVID might start to resurge and we will need to, you know, we will need to stand up again more of the frontline support that we had previously with the questionnaire. So I suppose for me, one of the issues is, is the potential adaptability of the system of the work with the Agilisys that will allow us to continue to react to the situation that we find ourselves in and then also try to plan and future proof as well. Interesting so does that extend to kind of local lockdowns and we're kind of we're talking uh, in Scotland very specific uh, kind of street tower blocks uh, even I believe? Yes yes it will allow us to do that 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 reaction and I suppose um, you know support the Scottish government initially will take the, the lead in terms of the health aspect of it but if there is a um, a, a social need in relation to some of the things that we discussed earlier around food deliveries or pharmacy or anything else in that on that basis then that will allow us 
to re continue to react because the system is there, the process is there, and the connections are there um, to the individuals who deliver those services. James. Well, well, uh, in terms of what's noted there is uh, one of the reasons that we're, we're uh, bringing in a gazetteer is, so, is that we see as an evolution that we can help support. But what people need to remember here is that in the backdrop of all of this, there's a number of key things for me have actually happened. And the, the end of all of those is actually the local authority, is the council locally that actually delivers the support and the services of edicts coming out from pretty much everywhere else. The pressure is on them. So we had a situation where we had an existential threat, absolute mass changes in terms of working practices and conditions that everybody had to contend with, along with the backdrop of um, uh, the, the, the absolute demand to deliver support and services locally without nobody ever knowing it was coming down the line. Uh, so in terms of how we've acted and behaved, there was, as it's been touched on already, an immediate, we all work together approach. You know, the, the, the falsehoods of buyer-supplier relationships or that kind of thing, they, they instantly dissipated and it was, how can we all help? And we all got together and got that done. The support that we've had from Microsoft and their approach to offering uh, free licenses in order to help certainly with the initial order of this for the initial six months was absolutely pivotal in all of this as well and they need to be congratulated in amongst that as well with that approach um, and that has allowed the rapid uh, application development and then deployment and continuous improvement of something that we've all worked together on in order to get better and deliver services out there uh, it's, uh, and we don't know currently we do not know where it is going to end that, that's that's key, and so we see this as just a continuing, evolving picture. Uh, and in terms of the solution, it is it's a CRM solution at, at the end of the day, so we can pretty much take it and shape it any way we describe uh, or, or wish to go to uh, in the future. But there, there's a, as I say, a key number of, of of things have actually happened in that in order to get us to where we actually are at the moment. Indeed, yeah, I mean it's a, a model for for how local government could collaborate going forward as well? Well, I certainly hope so. Um, uh, and it has been mooted by um, uh, uh, other councils that we are dealing with that they, uh, some senior people, that they definitely don't want to go back to the way things were. That they've seen what uh, this kind of attitude and this kind of a partnering approach can actually deliver in a very short period of time. I mean, we're talking about delivering a sort of fourth iteration of a solution which would normally take about six months to get the first one out the door in the space of about 16 weeks. It's just incredible. I've been in IT for over 30 years and I've never seen anything like it. I would just like to add to that, Austin, that our chief executive um, is very um, visionary and he has made it very clear across our organisation and with our community planning partners that we will definitely not be going back to working uh, in, in the way that we were, that the great relationships and the support that the council has received from a significant number of organisations is definitely not something that we would want to lose, particularly at a time where councils are now in a very tricky financial position. They were previously. However, the COVID-19 situation has really compounded uh, previous savings exercises etc and there will be many council services that will not be able to be resurrected post-COVID and, and we're all working through 
what that recovery planning looks like. And that's, again, another reason why our new ways of working, our new partnership arrangements and so on will be absolutely critical going forward. Absolutely. Great stuff. That's a great place to uh, to conclude, I think. So, uh, yeah, Susan, Linda, James, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening. I hope you found that discussion as interesting as I did. For more podcasts discussing the future of healthcare and transformation, alongside our latest written insights, head along to agilisys.co.uk. There, you'll also be able to subscribe to our newsletter and be the first to hear when our latest content goes live. Thanks for listening. We hope to welcome you back very soon.